This is, as per usual, a complete shit show. Um, you are listening to Two Dot People's Radio, a podcast advocating for the renaming of Custer County after Sitting Bull instead, because Custer had it coming. Thank you for listening, as always. We are back later than normal for episode three to two, depending on how many episodes you see available. But yeah, we're doing this. We got three dots here. I'm back. We got I was on three the last dots. episode. We I'm got three here. dots. It's Henry, it is Tess, and it is also Alex, the third dot who just spoke. Well, I was going to say, we should actually explain the name at some point, because several people, even people from Montana, whose families like, haven't been in Montana that long, have asked me what two dot means. I mean, in a certain level, you could refer to that one um, Blades of Glory clip that they put in. Nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative. It, it gets the people going, and I think that's kind of part of it. <laughs> Um, I don't think it even gets the people going. I think it's the kind of like, I don't know what that means. And then like, yeah, out out your brain. That's a good point. Um, So for those who might not be aware, Two Dot is a town that is as important as the name suggests. Town is a strong term in the middle of fucking nowhere in Montana. Like I, to describe it as insignificant is perhaps an insult to insignificance. Um, Yeah. My family... We use two dot is like a colloquialism yeah. for middle of nowhere. Right, so when yeah. we say it's Mine like too. two dot Montana, it's not actually referring to the town itself, but to say like somewhere is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But I didn't realize that that's a Montana thing until recently that other people don't use I that. I realized it was not a Montana thing when one of my high school teachers, um, she uh, mentioned that they had to park one time out in Guam. And I was like, huh. I would always say, yeah, I had to park out in two dot instead. Yeah. So maybe that's the difference from like yeah. Virginia to to Montana. But yeah, so two dot is this like tiny ass town in the middle of nowhere, population, and it's probably double digits. Mm. And I, I think the people's radio aspect speaks to itself, except we're not on the radio. Not yet, anyways. Not yet. Stay tuned. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of the, the vague concept. It, yeah. Um, that is but, as, as, as thought through as it got, I think, at least on a me level. Yeah, but we got some, I think we've got some good content for today. Think, we've been digging through the TikToks lately, the yes. moving to Montana TikToks. Alex Hashtag been, Montana TikToks. Uh, yeah, the good content that we had was yesterday. It was in the group chat. We're not going to be able yeah. to recreate it, of course, despite not. our best efforts. And this well, podcast least, is is not going to be as good yeah. as we think it will be. You can't really like recapture the video element of it or the image element because um, because really there's a there's such a strong visual language to this too. But before we get into that, I, I think we need to like talk about what this is. What is hashtag Montana on TikTok? Explain this to me. Oh, it's disturbing. No, it's like it's like a lot of people, they're either like people who are clearly from Bozeman or Missoula, or they're people who go and visit Bozeman and Missoula and they're like, oh god. my God, <laughs> I'm falling in love with Montana. And of course, like the only part of Montana that they're in is they're in like they're like going to Glacier. So you see a lot of yeah. like TikToks of mountain lakes. And then there's also the people who are like going cross country, sleeping in the back of their truck and they're yeah. waking up next to a mountain lake and everything, skiing. And just like, all it is is pictures of the idyllic West, the wilderness, and like those sorts of boring, tired tropes that have 
been attached not just to Montana, but like also other states in the West. So I mean, like Colorado is going to have that, Utah, California, uh, if you're not in like LA or something, right. but, but like you get northern, the idea. Northern, northern and like Eastern California, like the desert and like the redwoods and shit. Yeah. 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 Or like, and there'll always be one. I saw in that one video you sent Alex, clip of the dog. Oh yeah. The snow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always like an Aussie, like an Aussie healer or some shit too. There's a strong like visual language to the dogs of transplants, I think as well. Something purebred. <laughs> Something purebred. Uh, I mean, we've seen a, a replacement in, in Missoula of um, the, the black lab population for like my entire childhood. Mm-hmm. You could not go anywhere or throw a stick in downtown Missoula without like hitting one person's black lab and having two other black labs chase it. And apparently uh they've moved on from that they've moved on uh the the new hot thing is various small cattle dogs healers people like healers healers. i I like healers i think they look nice they look nice they're kind of cute yeah 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 mildly cute but we don't like the people who own them that's right leave leave the dogs go away basically alex yeah alex is just really montana has made him hate dog owners there's a thing with dog owners the thing with dog owners is like a lot of people own dogs in missoula for example or just like in montana in general they all move with their stupid dog and they think that their dog is better trained than it is so nobody uses leashes (laughs) (laughs) so their dog is wandering around and they aren't paying attention because they're like oh the dog is going to come back and the dog has left the owner because it's going (laughs) and it's pooping somewhere of course the owner doesn't know so in missoula there's a lot of dog shit everywhere i mean just everywhere you can't walk anywhere without there just being piles (laughs) of dog shit and if you're riding your bike on the river trail, there are dogs walking in front of you. You're almost hitting the dogs yep. and the dogs are loud and barking and people take their dogs rafting and the dogs are scared and they're just barking. So you just have this terrible <laughs> inbred animal that's like deformed, barking as it floats down the river and you can't even enjoy it. You can't even enjoy the river because there's stupid dogs pooping in the river and barking. And, and afraid, that's what for their, like afraid for their lives. In Montana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just have some dog just freaking the fuck out, thinking it's about to die as it hits that little like bump spot, like right by the dog park. And then oh yeah, the yeah. Dog, like that little wave there, and there's like that dog just like has like a near death fucking experience going over it. And then you just have like all of the other dogs from the dog park watching their watching their comrade go through this traumatic experience while they are also shitting into the river like the one on the raft. <laughs> He's friendly. Yeah, he's friendly, and he's then he friendly. like bites your uh, yeah. dog's face. Yeah, yeah. I honest to God think there is as much dog shit in Missoula as there as there was when I visited Paris. And Paris has a lot of dog shit, and there's like, it is roughly comparable up to what you find in Paris. It's it is it is stunning. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk though. I'm trying to think about this TikTok, the original one that I sent you guys. Yeah. Because I do want to talk about it and I want to describe it because it's so fucking funny, but I don't want to describe it so much so that like, I don't want to, I don't know. Before we got on, I was like, you guys, you can't go after like individual TikTokers. I don't know. (laughs) The person in and of herself is forgettable because you could replace her with any of the other 5,000 people like her getting coffee in Big Sky. The the costume, I'm not going to call it clothes, but the costume she's wearing is unique in its uniqueness 
you know? Yeah, maybe I'll just describe it describe bare bones. It. Yeah, do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish we could play, play the clip of it, but I won't do that. So basically, I can't remember how I came across this. I was on, I was on lesbian TikTok, and somehow I came across this person, and they're like, so they're standing in what's very obviously an Airbnb, and they have their dog in the background. They're wearing like a 10-gallon hat, <laughs> like cowboy hat, and <laughs> no, a two-tone like, puffer vest. It's like a ranger hat. It is honest to God a ranger hat. I will die yeah. on this hill. And and they're so they're a Brooklynite, and they're like, you guys, I'm falling in love with Montana. Um, I'm I think I'm gonna move here. But do you do you guys think I would all like I would fit in? And they're like pointing to their outfit. Like, yeah, would I just look like I'm from here? Like, would anyone even ask me if I'm from here? And um, (laughs) that's the TikTok. And like, they have more of that kind of content. But, and then they're like, all their comments on this video were like, oh my God, you know, I don't think I would think you're from anywhere other than Montana. (laughs) And the best one, um, can I read the, the best comment? You absolutely need to, yeah. Yeah, this one is so good. Um, and there's all these people who are like, you know, oh my God, yes, move here. Come to Bozeman. Bozeman would be perfect for you. We and need then, you. We, we need, need you in Montana. Mom, help us, help <laughs> we us. Need we, need, we need saving. This, so this comment was actually from a different one of their videos, but it's the same theme. This yeah. one person comments, do politics matter to you? Just something to consider. And the the person who made the video is like, politics won't change in places unless people with different views come in to challenge them. Oh, good. We're comments, doing this again. Fuck somebody yeah. Somebody else comments, oh, honey, we can change the politics. <laughs> and I just think that's such a good um, tone to, to talk about this, um, both the fashion choices that were made here, as well as the sentiments behind them. And I think, Henry, you you called it colonizer chic. I think that's yeah, a very yeah. good description. Yeah, it's this, I, I think it's sort of an outgrowing of like mildly witchy, like ant from the 2000s that's kind of like come back around. And I don't know if like this is a thing that is observable to people who did not grow up around Missoula, but I have these very strong memories of growing up in like spiritual circles with heavy, with heavy air quotes. Um, and there being- She likes a, crystals. She likes crystals. It's not oh, yeah. quite. It's not quite crystal ant vibe. That's a sub, that's subtly different. They 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 can become crystal ant, but before that, they must go through this earlier phase in the metamorphosis. I think, where um, they instead of crystals comes in. Before that, you need to go through like what can only be described as rei yuppie. I think. Is there any? Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. That that's not gonna be crystals hippie? just yet. Not yet. Sorry, okay, yeah, macrame is too hippie. Macrame, macrame is too hippie. That's like the generation before. That's like the, that's okay. like, that is like the ants of these people, you know, who are also a part of this circle, I think. But um, So are you, are you saying like, it's the same sentiment of like the vaguely witchy early 2000s thing coming back around, but in a puffer coat? I think it's an evolution of it. I think it's it's sort of like when when a comet is on like an elliptical orbit and the orbit slightly changes each time it comes through. The comet is still orbiting the planet or the or the sun or whatever, but it's just changing a bit. And I think this is the latest permutation, um, mm-hmm. where it has changed from long sleeve 
puffy deal uh, with large amounts like French press coffee. It has come back around to like oh yeah, to, to the dying... she's a liberal arts kid. She absolutely is. <laughs> she's a liberal arts kid. I went to school with these kids. Like they're not all liberal arts. They're it's 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 liberal arts, but also like with like a heavy element of like woke business major. I would say as well. She's going to be an entrepreneur. Oh, she's going to be an entrepreneur for, for, for like like uh, scented oils. She might be a scented oil. No, 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 no. She's too, she's too, she's too middle class for that. Scented oils. Those are, that's like MLM shit. We need to talk about that too at some point, but like, yeah, no, no, no. This is more like opening a boutique. I think she would have scented oils in the boutique though. I mean, yeah, but it's not the central thing. I think. Interesting. I would say more like liberal nonprofit worker. Liberal nonprofit. No, not even that. Like temp job work at the like food co-op maybe. No, I would say, okay, if, if she was, if, if the person was five years older, I would say they would be in a nonprofit, mm. but there are no full-time nonprofit jobs left is the thing, which is why <laughs> they work at the co-op, is my assumption. Right. I think what's really funny is just like, this It's the trope that we talk about, yeah. where people come into Montana and they're like, yeah, you know, don't I look like such a farmer cowboy? And it's like, no, you don't look like you're from Montana. You look, I mean, you look like somebody who just moved to Bozeman or Kalispell yeah. is what you look like. And to them, it's kind of exactly what we were talking about last week and are always railing on is it's this entirely constructed idea of what Montana is. And I think it's really funny because like you look like you're from Brooklyn. I mean, it's just like, there's there's a sort of, I was talking to somebody else about this and they they were like, this person is so entitled just the entitlement to think that you should be able to go wherever you want and it doesn't matter who you're displacing I doubt there's any thought to that like who Mm -hmm. is who is here I mean it's the same like in New York City you know in Brooklyn like I don't think most people who move here people just like mostly like white middle class kids don't think about any of this stuff when they go to new places like the world is theirs to move through Mm -hmm. to exploit to take resources from when they want to show up and make an aesthetic. And that comment that I read is like the epitome of that too. Like it is our job to come and evangelize the progressive liberalism of Brooklyn throughout the rural areas of the West. And they like, this isn't like fucking Bozeman isn't even the rural, you know, it's like it's a small city, but it's just like the fucking entitlement is so, it, it is like the whole colonizer chic thing. It is like kind of, it's that mindset. He doesn't know that like that like Montana also has had progressive politics in the past, maybe not necessarily socially, but like with labor. She's not going to do the history lesson to like know the strengths of unions. And she'll look like she she's just going to imagine it all as like a red state. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you like look at a map, you look at a map, you know, like the past election and there will be like random counties that are that are blue. Yeah, she's not going to know that, like, you know, there's like a reservation there and like tribes live there and everything. They're going to vote Democrat Um, and that there are like people with progressive politics or like people who can do the uh, do the saving of Montana that needs to be done who already live there. Yeah. Yeah. Or even that these aren't even like 100 percent red counties for that matter. I'm just going to throw this out there and let me know if this is like off base. But um, I remember there's like sort of a concept from like 
the imperial era of like the white man's burden to civilize. And I think that what we're seeing right now <laughs> is we are seeing we are seeing the liberal arts major's burden, basically. <laughs> I, I think yeah, like the, yeah. the liberals' burden. Yeah, yeah. The sure. libs burden. They need to we need they need to go out to the country and save the save the rustics from themselves. Yeah. And the funny thing is like it's interesting to talk about this, you know, as like white people, you know, people of settler descent, whatever. Yeah. And and to talk about like this kind of colonizing mindset. Cause you know, like obviously we are the descendants of people who are part of a colonizing project. Exactly. And so it's interesting to like talk about this from from our perspective. And and um and I think there there are really pretty gross to me, like threads of like ever ever since I was little, I remember always seeing people with these bumper stickers. It's like, Montana's full. And it's like, yeah, you just moved here from Washington 10 years ago. And now you've decided Montana's full. Like, (laughs) and there's, there's plenty of that going on. And it's just really funny. Like all these like other white entitled people thinking that we talked about a little bit last time that like we have a right to be here, but we get to decide when it's closed. And, and that's pretty gross, but I think you can hold that separate from really recognizing people who are really becoming part of like a gentrifying process here. And there is really something to be criticized here and and to be like held up and examined that is separate from just like some angry white people trying to gatekeep other angry white people out of non-existent lines and borders, you know? Yeah, do y'all remember back in like, um, like in December-ish, like right around the election, um, when there was all these like calls like on social media for some well-meaning billionaire to create a company town or company towns or for like liberals as a whole from like Brooklyn to emigrate in some sort of great hegera type shit to either Wyoming or Montana to settle the place and change it and turn it blue it only takes 50,000 of us there's surely 50,000 of us who can work remotely let's go let's do this like great like I'm not trying to use the word Zionist but like this sort of like uh, I'm using that in like the Mormon sense not necessarily in like the currently political sense but this like call to go to to go to the place to turn it blue and it had this very similar air to it I think when was this? It's just like all over the place in the lead up to and right after the election on Twitter. You would no, like. No, I wasn't on Twitter. I, I remember like a bunch of like New York Times people, like I forget their names, but like, yeah, no, what we need is we just, we just need, we just need some good, strong philanthropists to sort of create tech jobs in this place and that will magically solve all of the problems. Oh. Or like, so they're moving to Bozeman. <laughs> that's right. Or hey, Wyoming is abandoning all of their towns, a, a bunch of small towns, because they can't, they, they don't like making people pay taxes. Uh, we should move to Wyoming and help Wyoming be reclaimed or something. Yeah. The, well, the, go ahead, Alex. The the girl in this tiktok she talks about like like on the point of like moving to change it like that just like assumes that it's going to be this seamless move and that montana doesn't like demand anything of you because like it i don't know i didn't find it particularly easy to live in montana and 
like, you know, the roads aren't going to be plowed and some of the amenities that you want aren't going to be there. You know, like you're not going to, depending on where you live, you're not going to have every chain or uh, fast food restaurant that you like, uh, if, if that matters to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like the roads are never going to be plowed in the, in the winter. The most authentic TikTok I saw of any of these was some dude who was raiding the stops of people at a stop <laughs> sign after a snowstorm. And <laughs> right through it. Some people are just like not even stopping. I mean, the stop signs become selective, but she's, she's acting like there's, you know, like there's no difficulty in Montana. It's always romantic and always good. And in her TikTok, she talks about a lot about having depression and like seeking serotonin. Cause I guess Gen Z is always <laughs> looking for serotonin and everything. And, and uh, like this idyllic view of Montana forgets that like Montana is the highest suicide rate mm. and that there's like crippling alcohol abuse in Montana and like mental health is not very good no so if you already have mental health issues and you're like you know what I need I need to move to Montana it's like yeah okay you're not going to be seeing the sun as much once it hits December it's going to get clipped by uh the mountains (laughs) in the town that you're living around and then you're not going to be making that serotonin um yeah and it's just like yeah people actually like have difficulties and 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 struggle in Montana with with mental health issues and uh not all those people are going and skiing on the weekend yeah i mean and the other thing is like yeah all the amenities that you have in brooklyn are not going to be in most places in montana but they're sure trying to get most of them in in the kalispell whitefish like missoula like and that's part of the point too is like you can't just move to a place and be in what is there you have to move to a place that has all the comforts which are mostly like certain consumer comforts and lifestyle comforts that you want. So you bring all that shit with you and change the very character of the place you're moving into. And don't take your RV to Montana. I remember when I was trying to get horse medicine, when I was living in St. Ignatius doing that house sitting job, I was trying to get up to Polson on, on, on 93. One through three. Giant RVs that are in the way. (laughs) One after another. 80 miles an hour. They go like 50. Uh, So there's a line of cars backed up from Ronan to St. Ignatius. And I'm just trying, by the way, the Murdochs in Polson is not good. The Murdoch's in Polson is not good. It doesn't have anything that you need. If you're on the south part of the Flathead Reservation, if you live in like Arlie or you live in, in St. Ignatius, you've got to go to the Murdoch's in, in Missoula. That's the move. That's, That's right. Move. That's right. Yeah. No, I yeah. mean, the, there's every time that I make the mistake, it, this was also like a less intense year because also usually there's, you know, there's like 50 million bikers going to Sturgis as opposed to the 25 million this year. So you got like all of like the herds of fucking bikers as well. And honestly, like, I mean, the best possible analogy is a ribbon of steel moving at 30, 40 miles an hour forever. (laughs) And it just keeps going, keeps going until Glacier. And then you get to Glacier and it gets worse somehow. I don't know how it gets worse. (laughs) Going to the Sun Road. Oh my God. Going to the Sun Road is so funny. Yeah, I mean, they're always working on the roads. So, I mean, there's construction at least, but like, it's not like the construction dissuades any of these motherfuckers from trying to take like a 30 foot, like a 30, 40 foot RV, like up a road <laughs> with like four huge, with like three huge switchbacks and like 5,000 feet of elevation gain. So it's like, yeah, no, I can do this. This will be fine. And they just circle the visitor center parking lot looking oh for the spot that's never going to open up. Yep, yep. Yeah. And these mostly aren't like 
I mean, there's some, I mean, what's a normal sized RV? Like there, there are no normal sized RVs. If it's RV, not your only home, like it's anti Anti RV <laughs> action, death to the RV and RV culture. <laughs> there's just like, I'm continually shocked by people's willingness to buy like, yeah, a mini home that they just live in for a couple of weeks in the summer. Yeah. It is like a little houseboat they drive. Are they in. are they still mini homes? I feel like they've gotten big enough that the comparisons should be made to mid-sized battleships, perhaps. <laughs> They're gonna make amphibious RVs so that people can yeah. go. People can drive on the. They can get off of ninety. They get on ninety three. They're heading up and they stop yep. in Polson and then they drive their RV into the Flathead Lake. Lake before Dead. they go to Glacier. Saturdays for the boys, you know. Yeah. They're yeah. on Lake McDonald. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, bring bring of, back the Amphicar, but like, I don't want these motherfuckers bringing back the Amphicar. I will need to like invest in like anti ship mines or some shit for every lake in the state. They'll put them in there too. You get the legislator will pass that. They'd oh, love sure. to have big explosions in the mountain lakes. To have wait, did you hear <laughs> that the budget was passed? I think it was today in the legislature. Oh, God. And I think every single Democrat voted against it. <laughs> yeah. There is one more <clears throat> very important point that I want to make about this before we <laughs> move on from this video. Um, I think it's interesting that, like, these people talk about everything, generally the same people who are, like, you know, always talking about diversity are also the same people to whom like diversity is some Democrats moving into like a majority Republican area. Like honestly, like Montana is very white and monolithic and, and it is, I think like, it's really a shame in the United States that in some areas, if you want to live more rurally, the trade-off is that you're mostly just going to live around white people. And that's, of course, not true everywhere in the U.S., but a lot of that is true in Montana and in the West. But it's, it's like, wouldn't it be great if this were a place that, like, more divert, like, people of, of different backgrounds, like, racially, religiously, like, all those kinds of things could feel comfortable and safe living. Like, that kind of diversity, figuring out how to make rural spaces, um, like, safe for people is Mm -hmm. that would be great but like I don't give a shit about moving in like white liberals from Brooklyn like that's the opposite of the kind of diversity that I want to see coming into Montana and this sort of like their impression of it I I was talking to a guy in Bordeaux actually at a at an English language bookstore uh two Sundays ago and he's from Brooklyn and he mentioned that um Currently, people are rebranding Harlem, like the like historically black neighborhood, um, as instead Soha or South of Harlem, and like just jacking up rents there and shit. And like, oh yeah, yeah. There's there's a cafe that's called Soha. Yeah. And of course, South of Harlem, like the Soha South Harlem, is apparently all of Harlem, from what I can understand, um, in in oh, this like so developer's cool. mindset. Well, yeah, um, it's like Morningside yeah. Heights in Morningside Heights, which is basically just gentrified Southwest Harlem, but nice. developers came in. It's like the Columbia neighborhood. Okay. And it's now called Morningside Heights real estate wise, but it, it is historically Harlem, okay. but it's been so gentrified <laughs> that it is just like wealthy kid from 
all over the world. Yeah. I know somebody from my undergrad who moved there that's peak lib. Morningside Heights? Well, like Harlem or like Soha or whatever (laughs) it's called now. Not to be confused with Soho, which is a real neighborhood. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But like circling back to like the aesthetics of this, though, is the thing. I think there's we need to sort of like kind of like look at like how this how Montana is perceived by this person because it is kind of an evolution of away from the do you ride your horse to um to school every day question that every Montana has got as a kid when traveling anywhere outside Montana I think um because how how would you describe this we've got this hat that looks like the person stole it from Smokey the Bear I shit you not it is the exact same hat (laughs) Uh, we got like a two-tone, we got like a two-tone, like puffy, like one of those like down vests, right? And like, what's going on with the, what's going on with the boots? I, I can't. I think I, they're blundstones. I hate those fucking boots. Great, great. They're like two hundred dollar boots. They're just like yeah. little ankle boots. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, every twenty-something in Missoula wears. Yeah. Um, it. it <laughs> I, I don't know. I like. I think it's really funny, <laughs> like how workwear. I mean, it's not just in Montana. But... Oh no! Dang. My Wi-Fi has eaten shit once again. Oh no! And we're back. You were Where talking... did we cut off? You're talking about how the... workwear being worn away from work. I think. Oh yeah, something? there's sort of this, you know, populist <laughs> workwear aesthetic yeah. that people are wearing and like I'm guilty of this too like when I was going to college in Missoula you know I have like my pants with a hammer loop on it and it's like what do you need that for you know hammering but I think (laughs) it is funny because yeah now like it's hard to find workwear like that that's actually affordable like all those brands have realized that they can jack up the price and the, the quality is like car pants the quality has gotten noticeably down yeah 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 and the vintage yeah. shops now what they have to but yeah yeah exactly all people do with their workwear is like wear out the crotch sitting in coffee shops all day <laughs> you're gonna have contempt for like actual like other parts of working culture and stuff like they're yeah. gonna like be disgusted by i don't know like eating fast food like that's that's a thing that like people who wear that clothing and are like liberals like hated Donald Trump for because he like ate fast food and like that actually is something that's identifiable <laughs> with like people who actually like people who wear Carhartt as like a work thing, um, yeah. and 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 like yeah, they're never going to go to an Applebee's. I for one personally think Red Robin is pretty cool because of the bottomless fries. Alex, are you saying that you eat flesh? What do you eat flesh? Is oh that what God, you're we're getting canceled. Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they hate hunting. I can say that because I've been a vegan. <laughs> yeah, I was a vegan once too, but now I eat meat. Yeah, that's disgusting, despicable. But I think what else like, do we have to talk about? I, I think that know. we could do. This will probably have to be edited out, but I think oh, that we we're editing. I'm editing the show. Whole, yeah, a whole episode about blue collar like worker stuff and how like. A lot more people are blue collar, I think, than they realize, like with with teachers and stuff like teachers are mm-hmm. still workers and like have unions or like support staff to teachers. Um, I want to say that like teachers have have the authority to wear like cowboy boots also because they're workers like cowboys are not that like cowboys exist like our conceptions of them still. But 
um, that like country and blue collar work also, I'm having trouble with this thought, like it's opposed <laughs> to things like blue lives matter in a way, like actual country. Like if you look at country singers yeah. from the past, like they were, they were getting in trouble with the law yeah. and, like, yeah, they don't like the and, stuff. and now like they were not who are, like country or just like, 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 you know, rich people who, who moved to Montana and they're just like, yeah, blue lives yeah. matter. I'm a country boy. Like, I'm a country when, like, boy. Country people hate, yeah. hate the cops. Yeah. But that's for another episode, They're like McMansion. They're like McMansion fucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So while, or while even we're, just like general middle class, yeah. like people who haven't actually been on the receiving end of like violence and exploitation. But yeah, no, I mean the current, like the current state of this, it's, it's getting to the point where like, you have these people who are like moving in from Brooklyn and like uh, Astoria or whatever the fuck and like Boulder or who have decided that they want to move on who are moving to Missoula or they're moving to Bozeman. But I think that it's sort of, it's escalating to the point where like they, like the rest of us are sort of starting to wind up moving further and further afield to Stevensville and the like. And I think this is going to, we're going to see them start to get reservation land. And I I think it's going to like have this like really weird cultural effect. Um, that you can kind of see now and again, but like, but that will take a new form because I think that when you put these people who we can say are the inverse of another group we're going to talk about in a bit, which is like the fishing bro from like the East coast, which is another, which is another subspecies we need to deal with. But when you sort of put like kind of the more liberal iteration of this, but when they, but when they uh, move into, when they wind up moving into reservation areas, much like the hippies in like the seventies, like I'm thinking of like the Flathead Reservation, I think it's going to have this really weird cultural effect uh, when they, with them trying to both like similarly fit in, in this setting and to similarly like adapt to this new environment. Like, what does this person look like when they move to an Arlie or a St. Ignatius? What happens What happens in this situation? What do you guys think is happening there? Yeah, it, it's definitely going to be, like, with Montana, because, like, I don't know, like, Rocky Boys or Fort Peck probably won't experience that because nobody yeah. who's, like, moving <laughs> to Montana for Montana is going to be living in the High Line or, like, anything. Right. Yeah. But definitely the Flathead. I don't know. I don't really know how, like, cskt handles housing among the tribal members um i wonder i wonder well the thing too that they do you know like like the salish buy up land on the reservation they like buy it back you know like Mm -hmm. they've gone from like 40 percent ownership of the flathead to like 60 some percent so i'd imagine that they would they would buy up the land, but it's a matter of if it gets too expensive for the tribe to, mm-hmm. to buy. Mm-hmm. I think that that maybe is what it would be in play. It'd be will, probably will better they, to talk to the council on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and will they buy up the town too? Because I think they're buying up mostly like sort of like surrounding land. Like Polson already has a huge problem because like I remember like two, three years ago in Polson, like they had one of those like color days where like each graduating class during homecoming week, like wears a different color. It's like, you got like the freshmen in blue, the sophomores in green, seniors in purple, and uh, the juniors that year uh, were white. Their color that was assigned was white. And they proceeded to take this opportunity to like write a bunch of like white pride shit all over their clothing and like get like Confederate flags going like 2017. (laughs) 
And like just like in out, Montana. In Montana, yeah, Polson, Montana. Confederate pride, yeah. Which which uh Incredible. Montana doesn't deserve stake in that game. No. No, there's no stake in that. I guess I heard that like when my like when like white settlers were moving to Montana post-Civil War or, or like even pre-Civil War, there were like north and south parts because oh, people yeah. were moving from the north and south. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's like y'all didn't fight in that. Yeah. that's Actually, that's an easterner's beef come on yeah yeah a, there was a lot of emigration from the south to like the west actually of like ex like confederate soldiers and shit that's absolutely a thing in montana but also it's like fundamentally not a montana thing it's like i don't know but yeah no yeah. so you throw our like bushwick expat into into that what happens because I feel like they're going to react away from the, like, white people who have been there in Polson since they, like, stole the land in, like, the 1880s with, like, the page, with like the Hayes Act or whatever. But what's going on there? I mean, like... There is a house. There is a house off of 93, oh, yeah. like, south of Arlie. But in between Arlie and the uh, Grey Wolf Casino mm-hmm. that flies a Confederate flag is on the reservation. <laughs> Oh, there was some, I don't know if either of you ever saw, there was this billboard where it was this, I think she was a white woman on the res, like, I think she's white, even though she might have claimed, like, some distant native ancestor or something, and she wrote a book. She's Cherokee. Yeah, something like that, and (laughs) then she wrote a book. 128th Cherokee. And it was, it was something about, it was called Tribal Tyranny, and it was, did you see this? No, no, I didn't see that, that's she when you're going south on 93 from yeah, yeah. South. And there's a billboard that like is advertising this book she wrote. And I saw it once going by. And then the second time I saw it going by, somebody had like, I don't know, they like tagged it out or something. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's a statement. If you make that statement, expect consequences, I think. But yeah. But, but to your point, Henry, I think what people would do yeah. is basically they form little bubbles in these places and they try to get more people to come who are of their persuasion of their general identities who they're comfortable around and like basically gentrify the area (laughs) like that's what it is it's like I need more people who think exactly like me and look mostly like me so that I can have a community here and we can change it and we can you know like show up at the BLM rally if there's one and that's what we yeah and like avoid talking to the actual like indigenous people who are there as well that's another that's another part of this I think like you drive yeah maybe it depends on who the indigenous person is like they drive into Missoula to do all their shopping they drive into Missoula for everything they're just gonna like sort of like have their compound deal going on I in Arlie like I remember driving through there and I mean you'll see like a lot of real estate billboards yeah uh through the flathead and there are honestly some houses like in and around Arlie that, that look like McMansions like that that are McMansions and they're they're like I don't know how to describe a McMansion in a way that does it justice they're an abomination to architecture <laughs> they're like look, you know like the kind of house that's like little like, boxy prisms yeah. with the triangles everywhere and awkward yeah. places there's too many windows yeah, yeah. And they're all there's huge shapes. ass windows I would never want windows that big if I lived out in the country look in in the words of that one u.s censor uh in like the 1920s uh he said this about pornography but it also holds up about mcmansions is that with a mcmansion you know it when you see it you You can't really describe it it's on some lovecraftian shit with too many polygons and non-euclidean geometry but you know like fake river rock 
Oh yeah. Siding. Yeah. All about the fake. But it's rocks. usually the yeah, bottom yeah. half. Yeah, yeah. Near the um, like wraparound porch. Right. That's actually uh, that's the Democrats' new candidate that they're going to run to lose against Matt Rosendale. It's uh, Mick Mansion. Mick Mansion. <laughs> so he's he's from San Francisco and he worked in the tax sector, but he, uh, yeah. he got his uh, master's of uh, technology from Montana State. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, should we talk about our own Mick Mansion? Right. John Tester. Do you mean Governor? John Te- do you mo- I thought you meant John Tester and we're making a Joe Manchin joke, but that's another one. No. For another time. Um, yeah. Speaking governor- of getting people out of state to change their <laughs> politics, the Republicans yeah. have done a very good job at that. And yeah. they have a governor in Montana who's from New Jersey. They have a uh, representative at large who's from Maryland. from Maryland. He's Maryland Matt. And Steve Daines was born in California. So yeah. uh, it's really been a striking shift. Uh, and yeah, the governor hit the news today uh, on the 23rd. Yeah, 23rd of, of March uh, for doing some wolf trapping. So first off, wolf, wolf hunting is legal. Uh, I mean, wolf hunting is legal to control wolf numbers. Uh, they've legalized uh, trapping wolves. Um, and to, to trap a wolf, they have a lot of like restrictions, one could say, a lot of things that you have to go through to be trained. Um, you have to pay $10 per wolf with a limit of five wolves. Um, and you have to do a very extensive class in training you how to do this properly, training you how to dispatch the wolf properly, set the wolf properly. It's, uh, it's very, it's very in-depth. It is three hours uh, of training online. Um, and if you do all of that, you are allowed to track wolves as well as hunting wolves. And our governor has decided to uh, go trapping on the land of um, one of the directors of the Sinclair Broadcasting Group, actually, a uh, major donor of his, Robert Smith. Sinclair owns most of the TV in the state, and he trapped a wolf and killed a wolf back in February. The story is just breaking. And apparently he did this without actually doing the permit, like without doing the class. He had the permit, he didn't do the class at all. And apparently, according to his PR person, uh, Gene Forte, as soon as he realized his error, went and signed up for the class. Uh, I'm just stuck on, like, man, I don't know how I feel about trapping. I mean, I kind of do know how I feel about it, but I don't think you can say a blanket statement about, like, I mean, it's good or bad. But, on, like, this, like, fucking rich dude. Uh, anyway, you guys should. Talk. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just legal to like trap. You're supposed to check your traps every 48 hours so that you don't leave things waiting to be killed for like more than two days, but up to two days, you're fine. Um, I just think unless you need the meat, you shouldn't be trapping. Yeah. I think it's like, it's, there's no sport in that. You know, that's yeah. the shittiest. Yeah, I'm going to go hunt the great predator with a trap and a knife. Cool. Yeah. Wolves, wolves are like also historically not vicious. No, like, like they're they're like, I, like in Lewis and Clark's journal. Yeah, like Lewis and Clark are a whole nother can of worms you can open up in Montana. Oh, we're but, but in their journal, like, I guess like I didn't read it. I heard it from like somebody who's like read it extensively or whatever. Um, and 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 they basically like talked about like first encountering wolves, and the wolves were like super curious and came up to them to check them out, and they just killed the wolves. So like yeah. wolves have historically not been vicious. And like the only thing that they do is like kill a couple of cows per year. They do kill a lot of sheep. 
but but that's also because sheep are dumb as fuck and kind of like not like equipped to look after their surroundings uh, which is why smart farmers get like a dog or a yama or some shit yeah put uh, those not... australian cattle dogs to work yeah how about you release them to herd up your uh your sheep there yeah how about you like keep an eye on your animals it is not that hard um but yeah uh i would like you to guess um i what do you think are the consequences for not going through the training and the training is a training on how to like humanely dispatch animals, how to humanely set traps. What do you think are the penalties for this? It's probably a misdemeanor, not even of like, it's probably a fine of like, like a yeah. hundred dollars and you don't go to prison or jail or anything. Well, yeah. yeah. And like yeah. a citation maybe. He hasn't maybe. They let him off not with a warning. I saw that. They let him off on a warning. Yeah. <laughs> a written warning. But they did also in punishment, allow him to keep the skull and hide of the wolf. Mm. which really i i'm, I'm so assuming like how many how i i don't think one would eat wolf in general that doesn't sound good i'm assuming like the hide is what you is what is what you're in like the entire process for in the clout of saying that you kill the, the hide wolf. In the clout. yeah yeah that's true yeah but the clout comes with the hide you can sort of like once in a while like tote the probably, hide out or some shit you know probably tack it to his door in the governor's office or something yeah he's, yeah. he's a poacher at the end of the day like i don't think yeah. that it's really that different from like from <laughs> let's like, call it what it is yeah like i i don't think it's that different from like the kind of jerk who goes i mean like there's some differences here because there is like a, a legal process to doing this but like the people who go and kill like northern white rhinos or whatever you know like yeah, yeah. exotic animals like right. that's what the wolf is is it's exotic game and like the eyes of the hunter it doesn't serve any purpose for like human consumption don't get me wrong i think wolves are really boring they're dogs (laughs) at the end of the day they're they're really weird dogs and they just sit around all day like i've been wolf watching and i'm like this is if this was raccoons (laughs) cool like i'd be more interested in learning about this but like i don't think that they should be killed and i don't really care if like a couple of sheep get murdered every year by you know some vicious wolf yeah and I mean, like, if they are wiping out your entire flock and you do, like, wind up having to shoot one, that's one thing. When you go over to your fucking, like, campaign donor slash far-right propagandist buddy's ranch and trap a wolf there, that doesn't, that, that doesn't really, like, meet any standard of needing to do this or, like, exigency or anything. It's just like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go set it. I'm going to have a great day. But I'm going to spend five minutes setting up a trap. Then I'm gonna go drink beer for three days, and then I'll, when I remember and or sober up, get on an ATV and then remember, oh wait, I had a trap out, and go look at that. That's not like even entertaining. Like yeah, like hunt- he's he's the governor right now. <laughs> like with hunting, with hunting, you at least like you at least like go for a hike or some shit, you know. Like I mean, on a fundamental level, that sounds like at least like moderately rewarding if you look past the other aspects as well, and even with those perhaps, but like. It's just low effort, man. It's That's low effort. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's probably some, and I know there's some skill in like setting a good trap, you know, like you have to, you have to learn how to do it. You have to be careful when you set up for like scent and things like that and make sure that you're not leaving a scent. But I also think like, and I'm not trying to say, like, I feel very differently. I don't know. In general, I would say I'm probably not a fan of trapping, but I would still feel differently about it if it's, like somebody who's gonna 
do it for the meat or something like that. Or and, for money for survival. And it's perhaps. more part of their life. Yeah. Whereas like some rich dude, I think it's that he's on his other, like some major donor to his campaign, like going That's out right. onto yeah. his pal's land, yeah. setting a trap. It's just, there's no, it doesn't, there's no honor in that, you know, you like hide the scent so they can't use their abilities to actually avoid you. And like, you don't actually have to track them down. Like that's cheap as shit. If Greg Gianforte wanted honor in that kill, he would have <laughs> hunted the wolf and body slammed it to death. That's right. Like he did that reporter. So they didn't die. You're so yeah. right. Alex. That man is a coward and a fraud. Yep. <laughs> Any look, it's if you can't if if you give the TV that you shot in your in your campaign ads a more sporting chance than the wolf, I don't think that that gives you that 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 gives you much like moral high moral high ground because we got a whole shit ton more CRT TVs than we got wolves, and I personally I think there's sort of a different like level of importance there perhaps. Yeah, the title of this episode should be Greg Dumb Forte. <laughs> That'll get them. I think we should make the picture for it, that sticker I sent you, Henry. Uh, yeah. That was found just like in the river. Yeah, yeah. Missoula. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'll send you the picture. But yeah, no, um, it's it's interesting. I mean, like wolves are a very fraught issue in the state, of course. I mean, like, but like under Gianforte, we've seen this like complete shift, a pretty strong shift even further in the direction of existing policy. And that's like, so... There's about like barely a thousand wolves in, Mon- in Montana, like 900, a thousand, somewhere around there. I would like you to guess how much it costs for a wolf license. hundred bucks. Alex, your guess? I want to say 300. Ooh, so close. So for resident hunters and trappers with a sportsman's or accommodation license, the first wolf license costs 10. For hunters or trappers who wish to buy additional licenses, the cost is... <laughs> $12 and hunters Excellent. and trappers may buy up to five licenses and harvest five wolves. I mean, it's interesting. Cause like, I think keeping the prices low to actually make it accessible for people is good, but like not to make it accessible for these assholes who are just coming in to hunt and you know, like people have plenty of money and they just want to exploit animals. Yeah. Funny. I don't understand out of state hunting. I think that it's kind of like kind of cringe personally like people who do yeah. it like it's it, that's the person who gets catered to is the rich asshole yeah. or like the middle class country bumpkin yeah. who's cosplaying country go go hunt foxes in your neighbor in your suburb be a man about it go you know shoot squirrels with a go shoot squirrels with a bb gun you know yeah. um and it's like i mean that's a whole other thing too it's like you know yeah. if you want to actually like live close to like the earth or something because i know that there is like a and, and rightfully so, like an environmental dimension, like an environmentalist dimension of hunting, but it's not like you don't have deer in your state. Right. Like venison tastes fine, <laughs> you know, like. Hell of a lot better than wolf. Yeah, nobody's eating that. Yeah. And also, bear, like killing a, a bear and eating bear meat. That's uh, weird. There's a quote in this article, the one that Henry has, it's from Boise State Public Radio about the G4 day thing. And it says, word of Gianforte's wolf kill violation comes as the Republican-controlled Montana legislature appears poised to send to his desk bills aimed at aggressively reducing the state's wolf population. Yeah, and we need to talk about those. One of them in particular, um, Senate Bill 267, 
uh, wood is basically a new bounty program for wolves. Yeah. One um, would reimburse wolf trappers for the costs they incur. Yeah. So you're basically like you paying can, people to make traps and travel. You can do it for free. And if you spend them, if, if you probably, if you presumably, if you build yourself time to build the trap or whatever, you can make yourself some pretty sweet cash that way. Yeah. I mean, wolves are like a whole can of worms that we could probably yeah. talk more about later because I don't think it's, I think the people who are like, there are some people who are just like rabidly anti-wolf yeah. and that's shitty. And then <laughs> there are also people <laughs> rabidly <laughs> anti-wolf. Yep. And then there are also people who are just like trying to make a living running cattle or something. And like wolves actually like it, they can't make a living. So like, but like, it was like that person on that, um, that Humanities Montana thing we were listening to that's like, they want they want to be compensated for their losses and there was like there's a huge has been a huge leg in the state between yeah. reintroducing a lot of wolves and actually like compensating ranchers for the cattle they're lo- losing to the wolves and mm-hmm. and that's what people have a problem with yeah so i don't know it's like more nuanced conversation of course and i think that like reimbursing ranchers is good and like that makes sense that's, that's like smart like if you don't do that they're going to start um, setting tra- traps and inhumanely killing wolves on their land or their friend's land. They will be, sorry, this sounds really familiar. Um, yeah, no, uh, there's also like other aspects of this that allow like hunting with bait and nighttime wolf hunting. So like spotlighting them as well. Um, both of which are also, as one can tell, massively sporting. Um, I'm having flashbacks to the last scene of the first Yellowstone episode. Yeah, okay? yeah. It's really cool when they like wolf scientists when they like tag the wolves, they locate them using a helicopter and then they like descend the helicopter and hit it with a tranquil tranquilizing dart. <laughs> yeah. And then they put a radio collar on it. So like oh, I love a lot of people are like, yeah, these free animals, these majestic beasts, and yeah. <laughs> they got them all GPS and everything. There is Wait, isn't, as a goose. Isn't that what Grajean Forte killed was a collared wolf? He did kill a collared wolf, yes. Yeah. Which is technically legal. The the law as it states, um, it says the hunters are allowed to release collared wolves. Um, I don't huh. know, but they don't have to though. I'm assuming the logic there is like if your collared wolf is currently missing a few neck vertebrae from the trap, they're not too much <laughs> use anymore. But yeah. Well, the wolf debate sure is two sides howling at each other. <laughs> That's right. And there, there are two that, wolves I'm gonna, inside Montana. I'm yeah. gonna log off because I need to eat some food. Yeah, I have class. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening to Two Dot People's Radio. This has been fun. Um, catch us next time as we talk about things and topics, which will be determined and probably researched. We'll see. Probably uh, not. Probably not. <laughs> probably researched very hastily by me in the last half hour before the episode.